All right. Back here in the six o'clock hour. Glad to have you joining us. If you're just joining us for this is your first hour, uh-huh. you missed a hell of an hour. Yeah. Hell of an hour. Yeah. But we will try <laughs> to <laughs> mimic mm-hmm. yes. the Replicate. quality of that hour and in this hour. Can it's, we, up to, it's up to all of you. Can we do it? To contribute. Can we do it? Well, let's see. We're going to start with the NBA. Mm-hmm. Uh, believe it or not, a Phoenix Suns, the owner, was banned from the league for a year and fined $10 million, which what? is actual, almost real money to an NBA <laughs> owner. It's at least a couple of lunches <laughs> yeah. uh, for the culture in which uh, he cultivated which was one of harassment, racism, and other things, according to the NBA. Interesting development there. Vincent Goodwill is an NBA writer for Yahoo Sports. Thanks for coming on with us, Vincent. Hey, great to be on with you guys. How y'all doing? All right, Good. Uh, so tell us uh, what he did and how they discovered it. Uh, he did a lot. <laughs> I guess the better question, Mitch, is to ask what didn't he do? Really? Uh, yeah, there's uh, sexism. Uh, racism and decent exposure, uh, basically sexual assault, uh, creating a work environment that was not conducive towards women advancing, not conducive towards black people being comfortable. Things on the bingo card that would result in someone saying you shouldn't have your team, which put Adam Silver in such a precarious position to say, okay, this is the maximum I can find you, which is $10 million. And Robert Sarver is worth billions of dollars, which means he can sneeze $2 million and not have a problem with that. <laughs> and that's the maximum that Silver can find him. He banished him for a year, but the guy still has to keep his team, keep his profits, keep his hand on the throttle. So basically it was almost a reset of this is not Donald Sterling. This is not 2014. This is the new wave of the NBA. And now Robert Sarver is now the new standard for which all ownership behavior is to be judged. So pretty much if you're the NBA owners, you're like, man, I can do just about anything and still keep my team. Hmm. Because it's interesting that you, that you mentioned Sterling because I immediately thought of him as you brought this up. And as I recall, it was a long time ago, uh, and he was he was a clod and a klutz and a, and 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 and, and a, an idiot on many levels uh, by the way he comported himself, the things that he said and all. But they, when you stack him up against what you just laid out there, it seemed like he did in terms of violatable offenses that could lose your team less than less than Robert Sarver did, and Absolutely. yet he did he did lose his team, and Sarver's not. Well, I think it was a unique set of circumstances, Mitch. One, it was 2014. It was in the midst of the playoffs. And the important thing I think that was really critical there was that there was audio video that the NBA did not have control of. Remember, TMZ got a hold of that. So they were siphoning it out to everybody compared to the NBA conducting their own independent investigation. And granted, they gave us 43 pages of exactly what they uncovered. But while they said they had 40-something videos, We've never seen the videos compared to Sterling, which was a lover's quarrel between himself, his lover, his mistress, his wife, whatever, you know, whatever V. Stipiano. Right, and he used the <laughs> N-word when referring to uh, yeah. his magic, wasn't it? Magic and yeah. the whole exactly. thing, oh, yeah. But it was like- so, it, so it's a unique set of circumstances, and you, and here's the other part of it, too. Sponsors for the Clippers were starting to pull out in the midst oh, of the playoffs. Boy. It was a bad look for the NBA. And the final part, the coup de grace to me was this. 
L.A., the Clippers were in a, the number one media market and were not a successful team with a clown of an owner. If you replace him, bring in someone new who's going to pay that L.A. tax, that subsequently raises all the values of every single NBA franchise. The lifting boat rises all time. You don't have that same situation, the same circumstances in Phoenix. And this was a year ago. And people honestly believe in this microwave society that a year from now when Robert Sarver comes back, people will remember, but they kind of won't care. Yeah. Well, they may not care right now. Uh, and, and Phoenix, you're right, has, has had more recent success than the lowly Clippers. Uh, this is in the, before the days where they got Kawhi Leonard and, and, and the mm -hmm. others. They were just a perennially terrible team mm -hmm. uh, in a market where they could get anybody to uh, come in and spend that kind of money and, 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 and more, and they did. Uh, then they get who's, – who's the guy who owns the Clippers? Or, the Oracle guy? Or, yeah, uh, no, the guy from Michigan, um, the, the software guy. Bomber. No, so yeah, he's from Michigan. Yeah, he's from, from Michigan. Washington, wasn't he? No, I thought he's from Michigan. Bomber? Yeah. He, he went to country day. Yeah, he went to country day. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's one hey, of Ken us. Brown. Why, why isn't he on the show? Because <laughs> <laughs> he's a billionaire. He's a need a sponsor. he's a billionaire. <laughs> hey, but I do want to say. What's he want to do with us then? <laughs> we get the millionaires, but the billionaires are the But I just want to know, are players going to play for him? Now, there's always been some problems because he wouldn't pay uh, Anton this year, and there's been some things said about with his relationship with the players. Vinny, you think next year the players will want to play for him? Uh, DeAndre Aiden got paid. Devin Booker got paid. Chris Paul is getting paid. There's only 30 of these teams, right? And as much as players like to say that they stand for something greater, they have a finite period where they can make as much as money doing this as they can to ask them to take a step back and to boycott or to say, we're not going to play for this guy, it's very, very, very rare, especially in a warm weather market. Now, if we're talking about you know, Vancouver or something <laughs> like that, yeah, yeah, all money ain't equal, right? Yeah. But if you're, living in, if you're living in Phoenix and there's a, a quote-unquote culture there where they have a black coach, a black GM, where they can feel like they can be insulated from ownership and not have to deal with that stuff on a regular basis, they can be convinced of that. And secondly, do they realize, do they feel like that whatever sacrifices that they make can actually be reciprocated on the back end? Because as we know, as hard as it is for players to stick together, it's not very hard to get 30 owners to stick together. They're going to stick, they're going to take care of their own. They may not like Robert Sarver, but the one thing they don't like guys is discovery because if star if sarver was gone if they excommunicated him he was going to take this to litigation and with litigation comes discovery discovery that thing that got john gruden out of his 100 million dollar contract yeah, in the nfl yeah. where he was not the target of an investigation he just happened to be caught with some friendly fire the other nba owners whether they have bad dirt like this in their closet or not they don't want this to be the precedent that either players or other disgruntled employees can force me out of my billion-dollar business. So the argument you're putting forth here, which is pretty well-reasoned, in my opinion, Vincent, is that the new standard of bad behavior in the NBA is uh, $10 million and a year away from your team, and you're pretty much got immunity. Yeah, essentially. I mean, here's the crazy thing. And this is me as a 30, mid-30s-year-old black man who's not necessarily cynical, but I've lived long enough, right? If being a no, racist, wait till you're 60. Oh. <laughs> you'll, be really, you'll be really cynical. Yes. 
<laughs> if here's the point, that's a great point. If you, if you're a racist or a sexist, that doesn't mean that you can't make a lot of money or be a team owner or or be a CEO. Because if we rated all the racist and sexist, uh, you know, CEOs, how many businesses in America would we actually have being run? Yeah, well, that's accurate, and uh, you know, very few industries are gathered together under one umbrella uh, organization that sets standards like the NBA or the NFL or things like that. Most industries are just their individual companies. And if mm-hmm. a company wants to put up with it and, and uh, the board wants to put up with it and the shareholders want to put up with it, then they put up with it. But, you know, but sports has always had this sort of false phony sense of uh, look at how moral we are and how ethical we are as they do business in China and, yeah. and other things like that. But, so be it. Uh, it. It's interesting. By the way, I looked up while we were talking. Donald Sterling is still alive at age 88. I, I had thought maybe he died quietly mm. or something like that, but he's he's still around. Does anybody know? Like, is he, he still has, he do still anything? In, isn't he still in real estate, though? He didn't um, have to real do it all his real estate. Well, Mitch, we tried to uh, get him on the show, but he's <laughs> yeah. a billionaire. So. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't. Yeah, <laughs> well, no, it's most, we, we draw the line at a billion. Well, I called for the interview, and he didn't want to talk to me. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Vincent, thanks for coming on with us. Good to talk to you. Appreciate it. I appreciate you guys. All right. 760 WJR.